Welcome to The Cloaked. We are a collective of inquiring minds seeking answers to mysteries both past and present. Join us on our journey to discover that which remains hidden. And now, on with the show. And welcome to another episode of The Cloaked. I am your host, White Owl. And today we'll be talking about Bigfoot. Um, we have gotten a few requests uh, to talk about Bigfoot. And, you know, the people want to know stories and they want to hear about different things that maybe they haven't heard of. And and especially early on stories. I mean, we don't have a huge collection, but maybe you haven't heard a few of these. You know, I was able to collect a few, you know some stories from here and there maybe some of them you do know some of them are actually very popular i mean we all know about the 1967 uh patterson gilman film it's what made bigfoot popular but people wondered you know if bigfoot really you know has been running around in the woods for quite some time you know where what are the other stories what are the other stories that you know people may know about you know that they're not very common you know, people want to know these stories that uh, sightings, you know, we have a lot of videos and people in forums like Reddit and talking about their experience with Bigfoot. And maybe some of you haven't heard some of these other stories. And, you know, hopefully I can give you some something different, something that hasn't been, you know, you haven't heard of this you know you haven't heard of this story or that story or this individual you know uh, most people who believe in bigfoot existence claim to have seen one you know they they are 100 percent sure that they've seen one you know they seen this ape-like thing you know super tall eight seven feet tall you know something that's nine feet and very large muscular individual you know with human-like features you know they see it running around and this tall figure covered in in hair and you know one of the things that a lot of people mention always is that there's this smell that bigfoot tends to carry you know what what is that smell you know what's the smell that these individuals are smelling you know some people say it's like garbage you know it's like hot garbage is like disgusting smell that you just want to escape out of there you want to leave the area as soon as possible you know so there's been a theory of that that's maybe a defense mechanism you know that's you know defense mechanism for other creatures and maybe it's a defense mechanism for us you know maybe it's a way for others to know that it's here he's here in the in the woods and beware kind of a thing and so you know that's always been one of those is it or is it not you know what what was the purpose do not just bathe you know because all that fur maybe a lot of that sweat you know from them running around and walking so much stays now there's been historical recordings of bigfoot um in different areas you know all the way from six rivers uh to the different coasts to um all the way to you know uh, Oregon, you know, Portland and, and Maine and different areas like that. And, you know, m- maybe you've heard of this story from Six Rivers back in 1904. Otsman, a uh, Swedish Canadian logger, claimed to have been kidnapped while he was sleeping in his, uh, in his sleeping bag and out in the wilderness. Now, 
in now this happened in 1924 osman alleged that he was being picked up in the bag and he was dragged and then he was dropped in some kind of clearing in a small valley where um you know he he could see other members of you know of this bigfoot you know he could see a father and a mother and a son and, and a daughter staring at him you know he he they were curious about him and so he could see them kind of talking amongst each other you know communicating they kept him prisoner for almost a week he claimed um he finally made it out he said he had poisoned the old man as he said it and he caught you know he uh, he used some kind of uh, chewing tobacco that he had in his sleeping bag now this story wasn't really told until 1957 when he came forward uh, to a journalist named John Green. Now, just before, you know, this all this happened, he told him, he's like, you know, I saw this humanoid. You know, I had seen tracks over there in Bluff Creek uh, in Northern California. You know, this prepared uh, a lot of people. And people wanted to know what was going on. One of the stories where Bigfoot became popular and people became aware of it, um, he talked about his kidnapping. Now, again, this was made popular um, by Altman's tell and in his encounter uh, when he told this story and it made the newspaper and many people ate it up because it was a very fascinating story to hear you know you, people didn't know what to think of it you know didn't know what to make of his you know story people thought it was outlandish and crazy and you know they there was many words you were used now soon after Altman's tell though a whole set of stories was unraveled. People knew about Bigfoot. You know, there was a whole set of people who had had encounters out in the woods. Very large amount of variety of people. Everything from loggers to people who worked out on the farms, who, you know, who lived out in the woods, who had these encounters. And there was many stories, you know, there was one uh, that happened in July 13, 1924. It was reported that five miners in Mount St. Helen out in Washington state that were attacked at their cabin by a group of, and, th and this is something that's very strange to me is that the, uh, the miners, a lot of them kind of described the incident in a, in a variety of ways. Some say there were mountain devils, you know, that they were throwing rocks at their cabin. Uh, they called them giant apes, wild Indians. And these are some of the words that were used uh, by these miners to describe what happened um, at the incident. They said that, you know, they, they try to, you know, they try to hide from what was happening. And these gorilla-like creatures have been, you know, trying to get in, trying to, you know, break in and, and, and attack them. And so they... Big, big individuals, these Bigfoot, are very strong and very powerful. So, you know, they're throwing rocks, you know, that's, you know, two or three times the size of a basketball. You know, they, you, you got to be careful with all of that. And so, you know, these guys survived this attack. Now, the early Sasquatch or Bigfoot investigators found in an interview, uh, one of the, uh, last surviving members of this attack was fred beck now after digging the articles of what happened uh, he was interviewed in 1960s beck told them of the assault on the cabin now this is this uh 
this is his encounter, his tale of what had happened. Now, Beck said that the, you know, that he, that the response was from the uh, prospectors firing on the creatures that had been shadowing them in the woods for days. The account in the cabin, uh, which came in the dead of the night, continued and releasing waves after waves until daylight of attacks. Now, to his own, you know, horror, you know, he he didn't know what to think of the situation. They were banging on the doors on the walls, stomping on the roofs. They were throwing rocks at them. And all he can see was these, these creatures were ape-like, you know, gorilla, big and massive. And they were firing at them. And so what they did was they used their rifles and they fired at the ceilings. You know, they fired back and... You know, this continued all the way through, uh, you know, daytime. And so, you know, they didn't see anything after that. You know, they went outside and couldn't make anything of it. And they left. You know, they were frightened. And later on, you know, they were saying, uh, you know, according to some of the articles in the early on, that some of the investigators, they saw these men were scared. You know, they left with a few things on them and these investigators that were there when this initially happened when they saw the miners they they could visibly see that these men were frightened you know these are men that work out in the in the woods these are loggers these are big strong men that are not afraid of anything and they went out there and they you know lived in this cabin and they were attacked by these gorilla-like creatures as they say but what were they was it early on bigfoot you know i tend to think so i mean this it has to be you know what else could it be right now after 1958 there was a mass of amount of tales being told of different woodworkers out on the east and the west coast uh, different areas talking about how you know, they were working out in the woods, you know, cutting down trees and they would come across something, you know, that they couldn't describe it looked human, but it looked like a gorilla and they were big and large. And, you know, they were run through the woods very speedy. And some of these encounters, they said that these men, these humanoid creatures, Bigfoot was carrying squirrels and dead animals sometimes with them as if they were, had just hunted and you know these individuals were lucky to have survived now there is uh, a story of an elder from the uh, Sasquamish elder ellen george said that her grandmother well, as a small girl was living up in the mouth of the Duwamish River when wild men entered their home one night to steal fish. Her family caught one and kept one. He used to go hunting and in a short time he would come back with a deer with his neck visibly broken. He didn't have any weapons and he kept him, you know, they kept him for a while and then they let him go. After that, they would find a deer or two with broken necks lying in front of their door every morning. 
then they would hang out dried fish outside and the wild man would take it every night so they never had to worry about this wild man coming back and robbing them that's insane you know this story of this individual this wild man living with this family that they had kept that's a wild story man it's crazy um you know did these people this individual said um miss adams said that they miss adams here believes that they weren't killed off that they didn't die out that they became civilized with various different tribes and became part of the tribes and became part of these ancestors you know these individuals in these tribes where stories were talked about about old times and old ways and these people became these bigfoot became part of the tribes and part of the stories you know different accounts for all these stories and there were so many stories a lot of them you know from up from upstate in oregon where you know there was loggers you know trying to you know go through about their business throughout the day and they would encounter these giant you know humanoid looking things looking at them watching them seeing what they were doing and even all the way to maine you know there was um various incidents where there was uh, a siblings biking and they going through this mountain area they were being followed tracked by what looked like a wild beast um the girl said it looked like a monkey you know like something out of the zoo that had something maybe had escaped and you know it's you know it's it, you can't you can't dismiss uh eyewitness sighting like that you can't you can't just say well you know this kid doesn't know what they're talking about you know when they know what an what an ape looks like what a monkey looks like what a chimpanzee looks like they know the difference between that and a bear you know these people live out in the woods you know they live away from civilization they've encountered these animals out in the wilderness so they know what they see they know what they hear they know what they know what an owl sounds like you know they know what a raccoon looks like you know and it's, and it's to say that that it, what's surprising is that you know when when you're not exposed to any of that people tend to people tend to think that you don't know what you're talking about you didn't know what you see but if you live out there in the woods you know outside the city you know what you've seen you know what you saw you know you know what the animals look like i as a child you know had gone to the woods lots of times boar hunting rabbit hunting duck hunting you know hunting deer you know i i seen a lot of things out there and you know a lot of the times yes you do know what they are you do know you recognize something without even having to see the full animal and you know what it is you know that's a you see something in the woods and you know that's a white-tailed deer you know you you hear a noise and you know that's a boar you know and so these you can't dismiss these people's recollection and what they know of what things sound like out in the woods there was a story one um that stuck out of 
and another another man in Oregon, you know, up towards the uh, Canadian border, who was out on a jog, uh, hiking, um, and he was being followed by something, and this took place, you know, in the turn of the century, and he was being followed by what he describes as a giant humanoid uh, covered in fur. You know, he looked very gorilla-like, but he knew it wasn't a gorilla. He knew it also wasn't a bear. So this man knew exactly what it was, you know, something. Well, not exactly, but he knew that it wasn't a gorilla and it wasn't a bear. So, again, you can't dismiss people's sightings. You can't say that these things don't exist when there's a lot of people witnessing something that is undescribable you know you hear all these stories of people's first encounter you know they thought it would go this way but there at the moment they were frightened you know they couldn't take a picture because they were scared because they could feel the rumbling of that you know bigfoot right through their chest like a wild animal Hopefully you enjoyed this first part, part one of the Bigfoot stories. You know, just getting started and, you know, hopefully you will enjoy part two of these set of stories. There are a lot of them are short stories. They're very eyewitness type stories and hopefully you enjoyed and like this episode. Follow, like and tell your friends and we'll catch you on the next episode. Later, guys. <laughs>